Hi, Tom. Hello, Stuart. I have been uh, looking at some news articles uh, on breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. And there was one just the other week. It was everywhere. It was in all, all the newspapers about how children who were breastfed will do better on their exams 16 years later when they do their GCSEs, which is the exam you do when you're 16 in, in England and Wales. And that seems like an amazing effect. It must be the case that breastfeeding makes children smarter, right? Yeah, I mean, you think so. In fact, I've got, I've got, I've got it here. Um, breast really is best. Kids breastfed for at least a year are 38% more likely to get A's in exams, study finds. That's, right. That's in the Daily Mail. That sounds pretty amazing, this sort of uh, fairly simple... What you might think is a fairly simple change in early early on in life has this vast effect later on, uh, but it's not. You know, that's that that sounds pretty profound. That sounds like a big deal. It does, and that's probably why the uh, World Health Organization says that breastfeeding makes uh, babies more intelligent. It's probably why the NHS and the UK government and lots of other organizations recommend that you breastfeed exclusively for at least the first six months. Although I think. You know, it can go on longer than that after the baby has also started eating uh, solid foods as well. Yeah, there's, these are taken very. We should probably say who we are, by the way, before we get. Oh to yeah, this is this. the uh, welcome to the study show. Uh, my name's Stuart Ritchie from the I newspaper, and I'm Tom Chivers. I'm a science writer at Semaphore. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, this this seems this this stuff, this idea that breastfeeding has really profound impacts on not just on babies, but on the the entire life course of the child as it grows up and on the yeah. mother as well and on the mother yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be it seems to be taken very seriously the, the like you say the, the uk government certainly advises exclusive breastfeeding to six months and i mean it, it goes further than that they, there are laws forbidding formula companies for you know companies that make formula milk you wrote about this recently, didn't you? So that you're not allowed to put pictures of babies. Is this right on on your formula on your formula meat yeah, or milk? You you can't uh, you can't put picture of babies or of like a mother having a nice time. You know, like the sort of things you see on packaging for you know lots of other baby yeah. products, and indeed the packaging for all sorts of products. You know, you have pictures of the person who might use it on there. You can't advertise a formula. Uh, baby formula in like in a shop window you can't have a billboard advert for it you can't put it on a deal so you can't do buy one get one free um or or like you know your tesco club card or any of those things you can't get club card points um there's various different um uh, things that you're sort of restricted from doing and it's all because and by the way this isn't just in the uk this is a an eu thing at least and i think the who advises that pretty much every country does mm. this and the idea is to protect breastfeeding uh, if your baby starts drinking formula milk then you're going to do less breastfeeding and you will potentially stop like your milk supply decreases when you breastfeed less so if you breastfeed less and you do more infant formula then you're going to be um uh, your kid won't get the benefits of breastfeeding that's the yeah. logic and, and we should be clear that the the benefits of breastfeeding as as claimed at least as put forward are not just the increase in child intelligence but that's been expressed an awful lot of times it's also apparently reduces so i've got the world health organization quote here Hmm. breastfed children perform better on intelligence tests are less likely to be overweight or obese and are less prone to diabetes later in life Uh, they're also apparently protected against infection uh, so they have a greater resilience um greater immunity to infection and mothers who breastfeed are less likely to get breast cancer later in life, that, that, I think that's those are the main ones. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. There's other things too. I mean, uh, there's a there's a whole like 
almost magical description of all the benefits of, of, of breastfeeding. Like literally we were told when we went to our antenatal class before we had our baby that you should, you know, if your baby has a, a wound, you rub breast milk into it and it'll heal. And literally we were told that, you know, th- things like that. So, I mean, we're talking, we're talking, um, quasi-magical uh, yes. benefits. Yeah. I would say the my memory, we, we are both parents. Dads, uh, yeah. Yes, dads, yes. Um, but we are at rather different stages. Your, your little one's, what, six months now? Actually, five months tomorrow. Should be five months tomorrow. Oh, lovely. Um, ours, mine are enormous, great, big, lanky things with opinions. It's dreadful. Um, yes. But, yeah. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I do remember the NCT classes back in the day being not being necessarily my first port of call for good scientific advice i think <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. um it's rather yes uh, they, were, they were very useful and helpful and we're still in touch with lots of the, the yes i agree <laughs> same lovely lovely people all together yes. but um yeah yes. i did I, and actually you know we didn't a lot of mothers um report feeling like quite pressured into breastfeeding not just by all these guidelines and regulations and stuff but just by the general attitude people have around pregnancy we didn't get so much of that so i can't actually personally report that particularly we had i think what i would say is we had quite mixed messages we had some people saying you must you must do this and other people you know we're talking midwives and people coming who visit you you know after you've just had a baby others who are saying oh it's you know formula you can do combination feeding and and, and so on so Mm. we we didn't have that so much but, but a lot of people do report a quite unpleasant atmosphere especially if you're having trouble breastfeeding which is very common yeah a quite an unpleasant atmosphere of of, of pressure yeah to, that's to certainly do. certainly i know we, there was a that, that that was how we felt but mind you i i mean but i i can't really absolve myself from blame on that as well because i was i when we had kids which was nearly a decade ago for the first one i was very pro breastfeeding precisely because i had heard all these things about the in, in, right well you'd, you'd seen the things, you'd you know? seen the scientific uh what's Senses, in the scientific right, studies yeah. you know you there are reviews of this scientific reviews that that's that state flat out that you know breastfeeding is the absolute best thing to do that's where the nhs guidelines and the government guidelines and all that come mm-hmm. from yes exactly but this is the studies show where yes. we look at what the studies show so we should yeah. look at what the studies are what do they uh, actually yeah exactly yes. and, and and there's a difference between what and this is something that we'll find very often as we talk about research what do they say they show versus what do they actually show um, yes. when you actually dig into to the, the the design of the study and the statistics hmm. all right so the the one the one that came recently was this um now you you've, you've I can't. Is the Avon Longitudinal Study? Yeah, Alspac. It's called. Uh, is, the, is the is the is the data set? But um, uh, it's a longitudinal study where they had they've been following up kids for for years and years. We should probably say what a longitudinal study is because uh, we. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's a it's 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 actually it's actually contained in that sentence, which is it's a study where you follow people up. You don't just yeah. look at a cross section of where they are. You know, you don't just you don't just get data on one day. You get data maybe when they're born, and then you follow up when they're five, and then you follow up again when they're ten. You collect new data each time, and then you can do studies where you link the data we link the data up so that's a a a great method to use to try and understand how things change and especially you know when you're at the start of life how how children develop and how and you know sort of individual differences in how they begin life might affect uh how they how they end up right 
so or or not end up necessarily but like how they yes, do when they're proceed. You know, yeah. yeah yeah when in, in this case when they're 16 when they do their gcse exam right. so they had um various different measures in this study they had your english exam results your maths exam results and um also they looked at not just whether you got a good score but also the likelihood that you are to fail your exams and so the result was that yeah 39 percent more likely to have a high pass in english and maths both And they're 25% less likely to fail the English exam. And of course, and that that was what was in the press release. And of course, you might notice there that they don't mention failing the maths exam because actually the results are a bit inconsistent. That It seems like breastfeeding helps you be less likely to fail English, but Mm. not maths. So we're already in a bit of a kind of, hmm. Yeah, that's confusing, right? Shouldn't it be be always, shouldn't it be both subjects that it it helps? Hmm. But okay, so the, I mean, I don't want to jump too much to the, uh, to the big, big reveal here, but my, my, the, the, the problem is with you, these situations is that usually you are observing people yes. rather. So you, you take these, how many thousands of babies and you look at them and you say, well, these ones are more, you know, ask the mums, did you breastfeed or didn't breastfeed? And then you look at the results for, you know, comparing the ones who did compare versus the ones who didn't. Now, in any study like that, uh, obviously, the there are other differences than whether someone is just breastfed. I mean, in the UK, certainly, women who breastfeed tend to be higher socio socioeconomic status on average. Yes. They tend to have had more education. They tend to yep. um, be richer. They tend, you know, um, is, socioeconomic is true, status yeah? being the jar- the jargon term yes. for yeah. class, yeah. like yes. that, yeah. social class. Yeah. Is that true in this case? Is that, yeah, it, it, was, it was very much the case in this in this study. Um, so, you know, the, the, the mothers who, you know, had more professional jobs, had more education themselves, had higher income, were more likely to breastfeed, substantially more likely than, than mothers who were, who were lower down on that kind of social class. I mean, there's lots of different ways of measuring social class, obviously, but pretty much everyone is associated with breastfeeding in that in that sense, in the UK anyway, mm. um, and I believe also in, in lots of other kind of Western uh, countries. That's a fundamental problem. I mean, it's a fundamental problem in all sorts of epidemiology research. Um, and by the way, when I talk about epidemiology research, I don't mean infectious disease epidemiology, which is what everyone was talking about during COVID. I mean, um, this kind of observational epidemiology where you get a big group of people and, you know, look for kind of correlations um, in between, you know, things they do and, and their health. Um, public and, health stuff, right? Public health yeah, stuff. Like yeah, basically. Or yeah. exercise or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And even though it's a longitudinal study, which is great, that doesn't make it, doesn't get it out of this problem of, of mm. it, it is just a correlation. And it's the, you know, the most boring thing, but also the most relevant thing to say is that correlation is not the same as a, as a causal study. And we'll come to a causal study later, but, but I think it's important to talk about the, the correlational stuff here and these observational studies. Because the vast majority, the vast, 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 vast majority of breastfeeding research, whether it's on uh, intelligence or lots of other different outcomes, is observational research. And that, of course, is subject to this issue that you mentioned, which is confounding is, is what it's called. So yeah. uh, in this case, the breastfeeding, the, the, the association between breastfeeding and exam results is confounded by social class because we know that kids who have who are from lower social class backgrounds tend to do worse on uh, exams for whatever reason. We also know that kids who uh, are not breastfed tend to do worse uh, on exams. But it could be that the social class is causing the breastfeeding and the exam results. Yes. There's like a third factor. 
Yeah, so this is the equivalent of the old example about ice cream sales and drownings, right? The um, yes, you look you look at you look at a graph of ice cream sales and you look at a graph of drownings and you see that they both go up and down together. And the naive thing to do is to assume that ice cream sales cause drownings, or possibly that I don't know, drowning makes people want ice cream. I don't know. Yeah. But then, but the but <laughs> the obvious, yeah. Um, but the 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 actual answer is that. Hot, on hot sunny days people tend to buy ice cream and also tend to go swimming yeah so the founder um, is the temperature exactly it's the weather yes and that's the same as going on here or um or the other example uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of excitement not that long ago uh, over the years of people would notice that kids who grow up with lots of books in the house tend to do better educationally i think was it and yes. then uh, but actually and you think so people started buying loads of books to like leave around the house so that it would yeah. sort of absorb and, uh, i'm pretty sure at one point there was a local council that like sent books to people's houses because it was like well if if people with more books have you know have kids that do better at school then we just need to give them more books and then the school performance will improve and, yes. yeah, and yeah. you can see like there's a you know you can sort of it, it's a um uh it's a well-meaning yes uh, thing to think but obviously, the actual result, the, the reason is that people who tend to read more both tend to have books in the house and also tend to have kids who tend to read more. You know? Yeah. And that's, you know, you know, we should we should mention the genetic confounding, mm. which is that, you know, smarter people, smarter parents tend to have smarter kids in the same sense that taller parents tend to have taller kids on average, you know, for genetic reasons. They're passing on not just their parenting, but their genetics. And I, I'm pretty sure at some point in the future we'll do you know a broader episode on parenting because yeah. and that's the fundamental you know the spoiler is that that's the fundamental problem with a huge amount of parenting research is that you see something that parents are doing and you see how their kids are doing and you're like well the parenting must have caused uh the children's behavior but actually that's not that's not necessarily the case and you have to have a very special kind of study to control for that so yeah. so there's that genetic thing which is that you know People who are more intelligent, better educated, tend to have kids who will go on to become better educated. Um, and they're also the kind of people who maybe spend a lot of time reading about breastfeeding and think that they should put more effort in. They also tend to be in higher social classes and, uh, you know, breastfeeding is associated with that. So it's all very, it, you know, just finding a correlation between these things is, is, is not that informative. You have to go a bit further. Yes. And so, I mean, to be clear, this isn't just the, the ALSPAC study isn't the only one. There's also the UK Millennium study and the uh, a big one in Brazil that's been going on for 30 odd years. And ton, yeah, tons more in the UK as well. I mean, yeah. people have basically every large data set that includes any data on breastfeeding, which is, you know, either they've collected it at the time people were kids or they've asked adults, you know, were you breastfed or not? Mm they've done some kind of breastfeeding and education or breastfeeding intelligence or breastfeeding and obesity or breastfeeding and, you know, various different health outcomes. This has been studied in tons of these observational bits mm. of research. I mean, so, I mean, there are things you can do, right? There are things you can do. If you've got this observational study and you think, and okay, wait, hang on, our, um, we know we know that this thing correlates, uh, we know that breastfeeding correlates with IQ outcomes, we also, intelligence outcomes say, but we also know that that's confounded by genetics or it's confounded by educational status and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. There are things you can do. You can you can control for in the jargon, can't you? That you yeah. can adjust for it. So, but, control but, or adjust, yeah, 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 yeah. For, for, for it. Uh, but the, the problem with that is that it's not it's not actually that easy to control for uh, something that you've not maybe measured particularly accurately. So, um, in this in this study, they actually controlled for parental IQ, so the the mother's IQ hmm. uh, in the, in in the this uh, GCSE. The study. one, yeah. yeah. 
But the problem was that it was just a brief, I think it was a vocabulary measure. And uh, that's that's helpful to control for that, but it's not everything. That's not, you know, a perfect measure of the mother's uh, intelligence, IQ IQ or whatever. They also had lots of other controls. And actually what you see, and you see this in pretty much every breastfeeding study, is that the more controls you add in, the smaller the relationship uh, between breastfeeding and the outcome. So, you know, you might have, I don't know, uh, I'm just making I'm just making this up, but um, in fact I don't need to make it up. I can actually look at the I can actually look at the study to see what they to see what they found. So if you look at the uncontrolled results from the GCSE study, you find that, for example, if you compare kids who got breastfed for 12 months compared to kids who got breastfed for just two months or less, then it's actually they have 177 percent more likelihood of getting a, an A at their GCSE English, right? So that's an enormous result. But then once you start controlling for stuff, general health characteristics uh, of the baby, the social class um, that the the, the family is in, uh, all sorts of other things that you might take into account, the sex of the child, for instance, things like that. Then it goes it it it, um, it goes down from one hundred seventy seven percent to sixty two percent, right? So actually, a huge amount of that effect is confounded by these other factors. And then when you control for maternal IQ, that that vocabulary test that, that the mothers did, it goes down to thirty eight percent, which is the number that is you know being reported in lots of the uh, yeah. the news, and it actually is only barely or not even particularly statistical, statistically significant. It's like, it's like you know, on the very, very, very borderline um, of statistical significance. I think, it, I think it's P equals, for those who enjoy statistics, it's P equals 0.049, right? So it's like... Oh, wow. As not significant as you get, well, still technically yeah. significant. Well, that, um, that really raises a few... Well, okay, we, we should definitely do an episode on statistical significance as a concept. As yes. A but for now, we should just flag, that means it barely squeaked in and you should just... Just raises a few red flags in in the minds yeah. of, of, yeah, I think of so. methodologically yeah. aware scientists. I think, but I think that, yeah. But the, the the fundamental point is, if you think of the like the size of the effect when you don't control things, it's this it's this massive effect which looks like breastfed kids are doing just dramatically better. But then once you take into account the, the fact that those breastfed kids are from richer families, they have smarter parents, and various other different uh, things, that effect pretty much goes away and is is, is almost zero hmm. um so and that implies that it's not necessarily the breastfeeding that's causing the effect it's something it's something else uh, those kids would have done better anyway whether or not they were breastfed that's one interpretation of those numbers and i think that's a very plausible interpretation yeah. so okay have but this that's this is a problem with in general with observational studies what what the, what we want, I guess, is uh, what we call a randomized control trial. We want yeah. To, well, uh, well, actually, can I just stop you there because there's one other thing. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. yeah. There's one other thing you can do, which is like a halfway or not a half, but it's like an an extra thing, which is you can compare. Uh, you can do a sibling control study, and that's that's quite rare. So it's kids within the same family, one of whom was breastfed more than the other. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be that one was breastfed and not the other was not, but like just within the same family and and doing that you control for a good chunk of genetics because of course these people are genetically related it would be you know the perfect study would be uh identical twins one of whom wasn't breastfed and one of whom was but that's you know pretty rare how many kids is that going to apply to yeah so you get just siblings and they're you know 50 percent genetically related to each other and you can do that and that's been done as far as i can tell just once and again you know once you control for that 
the effect of breastfeeding, which looked like in the uncontrolled findings, looked like it was statistically significant and, and, and quite big, goes away to nothing. So basically what I'm saying is in the best controlled studies and in the best controlled analyses within observational studies, the effects look very, very small indeed. Okay. That, so that's so observational studies, something of a wash, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like there's good, we can back up the IQ stuff, at least with good evidence. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I th- Well, I think the one, the one thing I would say is that they do find, if you look at the, you mentioned Brazil. I did, yeah. And Brazil is a study, is a country where there's not actually that socioeconomic gradient in, um, in breastfeeding. That is, it's not necessarily the case that the rich uh, people are more likely. Yeah, rich people are more likely to breastfeed, and 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 they they actually still find uh, effects of, of breastfeeding on IQ there. And there was an interesting study that sort of compared kids in the UK to kids in Brazil, and it looked like there was a you know one thing that that that, that spoke positively there was that there was a dose response relationship in that. So the more you breastfed, the higher the the effect, and um, and that certainly is a. Um, it's it's a bit like you know people who smoke more cigarettes should if if smoking causes lung cancer people who smoke more and more and more packs of cigarettes a day should have higher and higher risk of getting lung cancer right and and, and that's what you see it's very very clear in the data if you don't see that then something might be a bit funny going on and so you do find that in that study that's just one study i think that's quite ambiguous if you compare it to all the other research which shows that the effect just goes away when you when you uh, control for stuff and also Brazil is quite different from the UK, so I'm not necessarily saying you know it's not necessarily clear that you can jump from a result that's there to uh, other uh, countries. Yes, yeah, so, so that's well, that's something we're going to get into a bit with the next thing. Which yes, is- yes. Sorry, I, I keep stopping you. Let's get into the, the randomized trial. Yes, the randomized control trial. So there was. The, it, it, I find this weird that as, because I, we've both written about this. Yes, yeah, and. As far and as far as I know, and as far as you know, is that true? There's only really been one major randomized control trial into breastfeeding. I should say what a randomized control trial is, which is a study where you don't just look at people, but where you and, and see how they do, and sort of ask them and compare, and, you know, ask them whether they breastfed, and then compare the ones who have. It's one where you intervene, where you assign one group of people to a breastfeeding yes. intervention, and one and one randomly chosen group. To a non, to not breastfeeding, or in this case, well, I suppose what specifically in this case, what they did was they took thirty odd hospitals in nineteen nineties Belarus, and they randomly assigned half of them to do a breastfeeding promotion to new mothers, sort of to encourage their women to breastfeed their babies, and the other half didn't do that. And as I understand it, as a breastfeeding promotion, as the actual promotion, it worked. Infants yeah. in the promotion arm were about seven times as likely to be breastfeed, breastfed at, seven, at three months as the ones in the not. Yes. you can imagine it, it, you can imagine a situation where it didn't work and they like you know the the it just it, you know they couldn't even get to study whether breastfeeding you know more uh, had had an effect because actually their intervention didn't increase breastfeeding in the first place so that's yes. like a um, they often call that in experiments a manipulation check like did your manipulation i.e you know what you did to change things in the world did it actually work before yes. you even get to whether Does it then have the effect you the want effect to have is, is, yeah the effect that you're really looking for is there yeah. yeah and it did so to be clear so in 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 the half of the hospitals who did uh who were asked to promote breastfeeding women were more likely much more likely to breastfeed than in the, in the ones who um than the ones who didn't yes and this should an rct should show causality show a causal link in a way that can um that observational studies 
struggle to because in theory you're putting you're sort of dividing people up into alternate universes right one where this thing it does happen and one where it doesn't and that and the, the only thing that's different in these two universes is this intervention in theory right yeah because of the random because of the randomization yeah. uh, uh the, any differences that pre-exist in the groups should should wash out as they say like mm. you know you should get people who are high social class and low social class in each group to a relatively similar extent because because it's random uh yeah. there's, there's, you're not selecting on any of those particular characteristics Yes, whereas with observation, the ones who breastfeed uh, more will be also people who are who are the sort of person who breastfeeds more, rather than having been randomly sorted in the first place. So yep. that so you so you avoid that selection bias. All right. So this is the big, this is the only big study and big big RCT into breastfeeding that I'm aware of. Well, I think that there is really. And what does it show? Well. Interestingly, this is one where you have to look at the study over a long period of time because actually the initial results, if we're sticking on the IQ thing, I mean, they looked at loads of other stuff too. Yeah, we're sticking we should on come, the back, IQ come thing. back to the other stuff in a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, it's IQ funny how, right. yeah, by the way, another funny thing is when you talk about this and you talk about this uh, um, you know, on Twitter or whatever, people pop up and say, well, who says that breastfeeding affects IQ anyway? I don't care hmm. if breastfeeding affects IQ. And you're like, well clearly lots of scientists do and lots of research funders do because there's dozens of studies on it um anyway so what they what they did was and what they found was that at age about six they gave them an iq test and they found a dramatic effect on iq right so they found a, a really big effect of having been breastfed more and it was like seven and a half iq points which is oh, right. huge like a huge effect. That's, that's, that's a big difference like yeah it's like a noticeable difference in someone you'd, you'd be able to tell the difference between two people like that wouldn't you oh yeah totally totally yeah um and a standard deviation again for statistics fans is of IQ is, is about is, is fifteen is set at mm. fifteen so it's it's you know it's, it's about half a standard deviation that's enormous there really isn't anything that we know that can boost people's IQ by that much yeah um, so that's more than like uh, the different like more than the impact of several years of education right that, that yeah doesn't, yeah, yeah. Right. We so, know some things that can damage your IQ that much, like being hit in the head with a brick or something, yes. like not, not not improving it. Uh, yeah. That's that's what we would really want. Um, you know, I would say, uh, and actually, some researchers did say at the time that this is implausibly large. Like it's it's too big for an effect of breastfeeding. Like it's like it's you know that's a massive, massive, massive uh, effect. And they did point out some issues, like the it was a bit weird that the test was administered in Russian. Whereas these kids are in Belarus and some of them speak Belarusian and some of them speak Polish. I mean, I assume those languages are overlap to some extent, but the kids are, they're preschool kids or, or young kids and they're doing a test that's not in their first language. So it's a bit weird that you would do that. Yeah. And anyway, the the, the results are, are are just sort of implausibly large. And so some, it feels like something must have gone wrong. I know that's not a very satisfying thing to say, but here's something more satisfying, which is, they then waited another 10 years and tested them again when they were 16. So this is much more recent results that have come out from the ProBit trial. And effect on IQ there was completely gone. So by the time they were 16, there were no differences that were statistically significant between uh, the breast, the, the group that got extra breastfeeding and the group that just got normal amounts of breastfeeding. So, you know, the, there's this kind of fade out effect. This happens quite a lot in uh, longitudinal research where you see something initially and then it disappears that might be because of you know extra noise when you're testing young kids and maybe you were just confused by you know just randomness in the first instance or maybe there is an effect early in life and then it and then it drifts away uh, um 
people you know the other the other kids kind of compensate in 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 some way it's unclear exactly what has what would happen but uh but that's i mean a, a sort of comparison there which i always think when you're you'll have this in a few months kids of the, about your say your kids age some of them start to learn to walk at like 10 months and some don't till mm. 18 months and you sort of think oh my kid's really advanced when they start walking at 10 months and then everyone else can walk by 18 months and it's not as if the ones who started walking at 10 months right end up better walkers when right exactly exactly yeah. at that point everything's just you know any any initial advantage just faded out yeah, yeah if you did some study into walking ability at age 12 months you'd see this big difference between various kids but at the age of five years they're all about as good as each other at writing right. and that yeah. yeah is that yeah. sort of equivalent to that yeah i think so in this in this case yeah and, and by the way that fade out effect happens for loads of iq interventions for stuff that people try early in life and then it kind of fades fades out there's a whole paper on uh, on fade out effects and different different okay uh, so, so so and at 60 i seem to remember there was there was some they found one small result at in one subset of results or something like that like english in verbal reasoning or something like that yeah but i think once you correct for multiple comparisons so you're controlling for the fact that you're doing loads and loads of different tests uh i really don't think there's there's much strong evidence uh, there yeah so basically yeah. If, if you if you look at loads of different things and the, in slightly noisy you know noisy random data set you'll see just by chance you'll see that two numbers happen to correlate quite highly but it doesn't actually tell you about anything under any underlying causal yeah and you know it's like it's like if you if you want to believe something it has to pass quite a lot of sort of quite conservative tests and being conservative means correcting for that multiple comparison problem that you just described and once you do that i really feel like you know these results are not strong enough to deal with these kind of conservative tests when we really want to you know have have strong certainty in 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 a result so yeah i'm I'm not at all convinced by the iq uh stuff the study show is brought to you by works in progress oh it's that 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 online magazine about science and technology that's the very one yes um which both you and i have written for over the over the last months and years yes um it's most recent issue includes an article about um how cheap and safe nuclear power is possible but is stymied somewhat by regulatory hurdles and Mm. how if you could get over those regulatory hurdles that would be a great way of solving the energy crisis which is an interesting and very convincing piece yeah by john myers who knows an awful lot about you know regulation and how it's kind of holding back progress and there's another great article in this in in the most current issue as well by hannah ritchie no relation Uh uh about although everyone always says is that your wife Yes, no, and she's no, no she's got she's Scottish as well. So, yeah, you know, there's yeah. just a lot of people whose surname is Richie in Scotland. It's just yeah. that's just that is disappointing. Um, but she's a great writer on all things to do with climate and d- dealing with mm. with those kind of issues in a very hard headed, data focused way. And she's written this great article on the history of how humanity came together, basically across loads of different countries, to deal with acid rain um, mm. and the lessons that it might have for how we can deal with climate change and other issues that we might have to uh, have some cross-country partnerships on yeah. so it's it's a it's a, a really interesting uh, and quite inspiring piece as well yeah. i will say it's a real privilege as podcasters to be able to advertise something that we actually like um yes and and but can both endorse wholeheartedly so 100%. yeah we really really recommend it and it is at worksinprogress.co so now on with the show The the probit trial is 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 weird in various ways. I mean, f- the first thing is it's, it was in Belarus and it started in two thousand and one or something, right? So 
1996, I think. Oh, as early as that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, so, okay, maybe the first results were... Yeah, I think the babies were born in 96, 97, right, gotcha. and, they, and yeah. then they, six, they, were, they were tested at age six gotcha. in the okay. early 2000s. So, well, even that, you know, you're you're just a few years out from the Soviet Union collapsing. It's a much poorer country than, you know, the UK and the US anyway. It's a very different culture. You know, it's unclear, even if the results were super strong, that we would be able to generalize them to the context well, in the UK. Well, that's very relevant to the next thing because we're, we're talking about IQ, which I realise is the sort of it's the thing that everyone thinks about when they think about breastfeeding. It's, well, maybe it's maybe our, just our social class that does. I don't know, but you know, that's the, well, but also lots of scientists. Yeah, the, yeah, you know, exactly. That's as evidenced thing. by all these papers that we're talking yeah. about. But I mean, there are other benefits claimed, and I think like the both the probit in Belarus and the the Brazil study are. Because of their, because where they are, this it might be this might be relevant because of where they were, where they were. The, the, the claim is that it improves protection against infection in probit. Yes. Am I right in saying so? The breastfed babies were less likely to get diarrheal infection, so they sort of. Yeah. I, okay, so this is this is something I'd love to do at some point. A real talk about things like um, relative versus absolute risk. So it's a roughly thirty three percent chance less, thirty three percent less likely to get diarrheal infections which sounds like a big deal right mm-hmm. but then you look it's in it's going from 13 percent to nine percent uh, that these kids so yeah. actually that's 30 you know nine percent is about 33 percent less than 13 percent or it's about 25 percent less sorry but still the the, the actual chance that the you know, the uh, breastfeeding would reduce would would help you avoid a diarrheal infection for your child is about four percent you know there's only about four percent chance that would make any difference yeah uh so it's, you know, it's not nothing. It's not trivial, but it's not huge. And that's in 1990s Belarus. Like we say, that's a that's this poor country, presumably with like far worse health infrastructure than 2023 Britain. Uh, so, how far can we sort yeah. of generalize from that? I, I, I don't know. And, and there's, you know, the um, I think that I did see an observational study in the UK which found a 75 percent reduction in hospitalization for breastfed versus formula fed babies, but. The, the difference in it was 0.15% to 0.05%. So there's only a, a one in a thousand chance that it would actually affect your child. So right, in the first are, place. Yeah. yeah, exactly. These are, these are not nothing but fairly small differences. Yeah. Being and, and remember, and remember, hmm. it's an observational study, so it's confounded. So probably if you controlled for more factors like we were talking about before, yeah. that result would get even smaller uh, if you did better controlling yeah and this might this might go some way to explaining and it'll be really interesting if in the brazil study if brazil you know if there as some people think and you know more about this than me this is much more your background but the um if if the brazil study you know i imagine a lot of people in poorer worse you know in poorer situations with worse healthcare in the brazil studies that maybe it did prevent you know if, if you're breastfeeding a child and therefore they're not having dirty water in their formula milk they might get fewer infections and that might improve health outcomes including iq and things like um, outcomes later in life yeah and i think that's, that's an important thing that's an important thing to state is that we're talking about you know oh we can't generalize this to the uk which is a richer country than belarus yeah. but there's another generalization issue which is you might want to think about how these results would happen in less developed countries so like in countries in africa where you know there are there uh, there are even higher levels of 
infectious disease, infant mortality is much higher. Could, could it be that breastfeeding would be, as you say, better than, you know, putting dirty formula water, you know, putting dirty water into your baby's formula um, and, and doing that? Having said that, I think something people don't take into account is if, if the mother is unhealthy uh, and isn't getting a good diet, then the breast milk will be different there as well. So I, th- I think this is just much more complicated than, you know, than a lot of people make out when they're talking about just the extreme positives of, of of breastfeeding and it's quite hard to you know you have to consider what evidence we actually have and we're sort of in belarus which is one particular place but then we want to generalize upwards and downwards i think if you look at the general advice from the who about infant mortality it applies to the whole world because they're the world health organization yeah. and when i asked the uk government what their evidence was for those regulations that we talked about at the start you know about not putting pictures of happy babies on infant formula boxes they referred to the who guidelines which themselves referred to you know child mortality statistics that came from you know developing countries yeah so the you know the uk is basing its results is basing its advice on world health organization studies which are from the developing world so there's a huge amount of overgeneralization happening across this whole thing both upwards and downwards yeah and i think it really confuses the issue and confuses people about what the benefits of breastfeeding might be in their specific country. We should uh, we should probably rattle through the other ones as well. Obesity is another one I've heard. I, I find it mildly entertaining, but probably I probably I shouldn't. That in the only RCT in Probit, um, they they found they they found that at age sixteen, breastfed children were in fact slightly more likely to be obese or overweight yeah. than uh, yeah. which right. I, I suspect is just a coincidence and has nothing to do with you probably, know, just, like, probably yeah. just random. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but know. I mean, it, 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 in a sense, it makes more. You know, like if if breastfeeding is better nutritionally, then you'd expect better fed kids to be higher weight. That doesn't make. I don't know. It doesn't feel crazy to me. But I think the probably likeliest explanation is it's it's small effects and yeah. also you know uh, small um, differences and probably caused by randomness. Yeah. They also found no effect on blood pressure, allergies, dental cavities, height behavioral or emotional issues or mother-child bonding yeah um, i mean it's kind of a wash there's just these few yeah. little things that pop out uh, it's a wash by age 16 anyway um, yeah. obviously the infection stuff matters early in life and that that, that you know that could potentially save, yeah. save some lives and that's, fair, that's a fair point but yeah i wouldn't it be nice if we had another randomized controlled trial of this i'm not saying that we need to do a randomized controlled trial of breastfeeding like mm. stop some people from breastfeeding and make other people do breastfeeding something like the probit trial could be done again in yeah. another country with a breastfeeding promotion thing you know you get more help like they did in this in these belarusian hospitals you know you get more help in some of them and you get less help in others uh, or not less help but you just get normal amounts of help yeah and see whether that has an effect. I feel like this debate is so, you know, common. It's it's in all the parenting books. Everyone who's a new parent has to consider it. What you're going to do about breastfeeding or formula feeding or combination feeding? Like, what? And what evidence do we have? It's all this confounded stuff plus this one RCT bizarrely yeah. from Belarus. And it's and again, it's incredibly. An incredibly heated debate with people getting incredibly, you know, just the the fury. If you've ever written, which I know you have, and, and uh, that yeah. we should pause for a moment to acknowledge this: we're two guys who have not, you know, for whom we, we we haven't obviously breastfed our own babies, right? Yes, uh, <laughs> it is. We are two guys talking about it, but on the other hand, I don't think 
I don't think this should just be something that only women talk about. I think we're yeah. you know, dads, dads, and dads should get involved in this stuff as well. We can so. read the we can read the evidence uh, as well as anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, um, and 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 uh, you're you're right. And both sides get get very uh, heated about this. One side because you know there's this strong belief that breastfeeding is is really important, and you know I think there's a bit of. Um, if I was being cruel, I would say the naturalistic fallacy, like something is natural, therefore it must be good. Or if I was being more charitable, I would say, you know, evolutionary reasons hmm. uh, to think that breastfeeding might have an effect. Like uh, it's it's evolved over a long amount of time. It's very complex. There was an article in The Atlantic just a couple of weeks ago about how complex human, you know, human milk is and how many chemicals it has in it and blah, blah, blah. You could make a kind of evolutionary thing there about, well, obviously this is intended for children to, you know, for babies to drink and because of evolution and this is how, although I think that just, that just becomes at some point the the naturalistic fallacy because you actually have to show evidence yeah. That it has a beneficial effect, rather than just assuming. It can be your prior. It can be your yeah, yeah, exactly. your Bayesian prior. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and what these people would say is that these randomized trials, you know, they might be interesting, but they miss out important aspects of of, of breastfeeding. Uh, or maybe they just or they just they just they're just not high quality enough to to to, to see the effects. However, I, my response to that would be that like if the effects were that big, they would stick out like a sore thumb in pretty much any study and they would they would be robust to confounding and all sorts of other stuff so that's the thing um, i mean all of these if if it was such a major we all know people who you know, couples who've whose child was breastfed and uh, and you know to, to couples whose child for whatever reason wasn't because they didn't work or because they didn't you know because yeah. and, want to, yeah. and if it made a big difference you would expect to, to be able to you should yep. be able to tell, you know, yep. some of these effect sizes or these effects that are claimed are like are, are really dramatic, and yet uh, you you can't tell. <laughs> you, you can't tell. You can't sort of meet a child and go, "Oh, you were obviously breastfed." So there is there is a limit to how much difference it can reasonably make, right? Yep. And then and then you know, there's 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 people on the other side of the debate who are very focused on this pressure that you know doctors and midwives and other people put on mothers to breastfeed even if they're really struggling and it's causing them pain and blah blah, blah. Mm. and they often they often get fobbed off for uh you know with oh you just need to try a bit harder or you know uh if, if it's painful then it's not it's not working properly but then they don't get much they don't get much support if it's for painful it. you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong exactly yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you get painful if it's painful and you're doing it wrong was a phrase certainly um some parents when you like i can't remember if it's also longer now i can't remember yeah heard that but the, oh, totally um, but that's totally common that's totally common yeah which is which genuinely right does on thinking about it make me a bit annoyed right because there are lots of reasons why it might hurt and if it's if it's if it's not i don't know telling a mother that you're doing it wrong is not the not not a helpful thing to say when yeah. everyone's terrified yeah, exactly however having said that hmm. i do get sometimes to get the impression that that might be taken a bit too far as well because like if the studies showed that breastfeeding was really beneficial and they're like the studies were really strong and you know you controlled for confounding factors and there was still an effect and the randomized control trial was an effect then it would be fine to, to recommend it because that is what the evidence would show right and I, I get the impression that some of the people on the other side would be arguing against it even if the study showed a, a, a positive a positive effect and i you know i worry that that might be a, going a little bit too far in the other direction look at i'm a tr- i'm a true centrist yes on, of course uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen, we're just gonna really annoy everybody and that's there was one thing we haven't really talked about which is whether or not it protects the mother the effect on the mother yeah right? the effect yes. on the mother and i think that's very i mean i as i understand it half the study say it does and half the study says it doesn't which would suggest to me that there's 
if it's real, it's a small effect. And I had to speak to one scientist who said there's a possibility of, again, confounding third factor causality, something like if, if denser breast tissue both makes it harder to breastfeed and is also like increases your risk of bre- of cancer, something like that. I'd, I'd basically, I so in that know. case, it would look like breastfeeding was yes, protecting yeah. you against cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, I'd, but I, it, it, it's another of those situations where the evidence seems so mixed and likely that any any effect would be small. So uh, observational studies again, no, no randomized controlled trials, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, certainly, um, that I'm aware of. I could yeah. be could be wrong. I don't think Probit looked at this, did it? So, um, no, so I think that. it was just the effects on the kids rather than on yeah. the mothers. But I could, again, there might be, you know, often these trials, several studies appear about them, and it might be something I haven't seen yet. But yeah. one one thing that I will, you know, the 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 the, the nature, the naturalistic fallacy, sort of breast is best people do have one. Sort of, they, they say you know that it's a wonderful experience for mums, and for some it is, right? I, I, we should we should make it really clear that we're not saying you shouldn't breastfeed or anything. Yeah, like that, right? do it if you want to do it and it works yeah, for exactly. you, then great, yeah. carry on. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it does seem like some some just find it a really wonderful experience. You get to bond with their baby in this way and this marvelous totally, thing, totally. Um, and that's great. I don't want. I mean, you should also if your breastfeeding isn't going well and the the baby isn't getting enough food that's probably not great you know so you should be wary you know don't 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 take any of this as gospel or medical advice yeah, or anywhere. yeah yeah and and and, and there are da- yeah there are downsides like it's it, it takes a lot of time for the mother it means that the you know the the the, the dad is you know can have much less of a, a a role he can help out but he you know he's not if you're exclusively breastfeeding obviously the dad is not going to be able to uh, feed Maybe you can put the breast milk in bottles, and there's arrangements you can make and stuff. But you, you know, even just starting this conversation, you can see that you know th- there are complexities here, and, and people are going to do things differently depending on what suits them, and that's fine. It's just that I, my basically, basically, my bottom line is that the coverage of this in the press and the guidelines from the government and the NHS and various charities and things like that are totally disproportionate to the quality of the evidence that we have. And it, it can become really unpleasant for mums to feel, you know, browbeaten into doing breastfeeding when actually, you know, often when they have a bit more time uh, later, they look into the evidence and they find that it's actually quite weak. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that, I'm sure there have been studies into this, but there, but I would, I would imagine that having a really unhappy and depressed mother who's struck, who's, who's struggling is not, particularly great news for the baby either indeed um so you've got to take that into account as sort of it's, it's not just breastfeeding yeah versus no consequences you know it is it is there are there are things yeah. to take into account on both sides here. i remember seeing a horrible uh you know twitter thread from a mother who said you know i, I have really hated being a mom i had a kid three months ago or whatever and i've really hated it because i've so, struggled so much with breastfeeding i know i have failed at this mm. and you know you don't want mothers to get into that situation when they think that they're a failure in some sense like you you've tried something which may have worked mm. it didn't there's other options formula yeah. now has you know lots of the nutrients and stuff that are in breast milk they've added you know stuff to it and by the way one weird thing that i noticed when we were when we first had our baby is that you're told to exclusively breastfeed and it's everything the baby needs and blah 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 and then someone comes to your house within a couple of weeks. This is in the UK, you know. Someone comes to your house in a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks of the baby being born, and said, "By the way, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, you need to give the baby a vitamin D 
drop <laughs> because that's there's not enough in in, in breast milk. Breast milk. Um, and if you're formula feeding, you don't need to do that because it's got it's fortified with vitamin D anyway. So, like, is it or is it not everything the baby needs? Um, I think straightforwardly, it's not. Yeah, yeah. In that case, yeah. you know. So I, I don't know. Like, I. I I I just, I just I do remember this as a, 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 a the early months of the baby. Just there's so much, to, and you've got the new baby, and you're stressed, and you're sleep deprived, and then there's yeah. someone telling you that if it hurts, it's going wrong, and all this sort of stuff. I I I completely agree with you that there is the evidence is not that great either for certain you know for for strong benefits of anything. Uh, yeah. the, it's sort of there's a hard limit on how good it can possibly be it can be maybe it's got a bit of an advantage in some situations but it's not some you're not going to have end up with some really super smart kids who, right, who right. were breastfeed it doesn't work this we're not, not talking about smoking and lung cancer quality no. evidence here you know if you if i tell you if you try and control that away by putting mm. in control factors into into your studies that does not go anywhere yes uh, yeah, that, you know that's an effect that really definitely exists and is really big and and and, and the breastfeeding one is way more ambiguous than that hmm. yeah exactly so so it does does get a bit annoying and exhausting to to see the sort of these sort of headlines 38 percent you know more likely to pass your gcses it's just that is just not true like that i'm reasonably confident that the that the 38 percent more likely to pass, yeah. pass your gcse stuff is just false but people will see that headline and think that it's that they've got to for the sake of their future children and yeah I I, yeah and i think the scientists kind of play into it as well like that was you know that that study was clearly very borderline and ambiguous and yet they put out a press release and you know and got media coverage and and stuff and you know the press release itself had a few caveats in it and that's good but it, it's i just feel like there's always an appetite for this and i think scientists maybe should be a bit more responsible about what they put out into the into the world yeah. when it comes to i mean we there's another episode we can do a whole episode on press releases um and how all that works because i think that's a real uh, yeah i don't actually problem. blame the media on the whole like the media aren't going to be if, they, if you if you throw a sort of like chum into the water like this yeah. and say look here from saying, oxford university have said yeah 38 yeah. yeah. more likely to pass your gcses as a kid and people care about this stuff and then of course the media is going to run with it and yeah, and totally. they they're going to then, then they're, they're going to run for, you know the science journalists might be writing five stories in a day and they haven't got time to go to do yeah, dig into all the numbers yeah yeah exactly and wouldn't probably wouldn't you know in all honesty journalists aren't that numerate on the whole and probably wouldn't be able to dig into the numbers i would struggle if i wasn't phoning up scientists to help me talk talk me through it so right, i think it's really right. unreasonable to blame the, the scientists but there is a problem right yeah totally totally i think uh, but we can we can do a whole uh, thing on that but i think unless there's anything else tom no, I think that's I think I think that that has good. been the study show for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Now, um, you can uh, subscribe to the study show on uh, remind me of the website the studies show pod. the studies show com. and uh, you can be a free subscriber where you get an email every time we put out an episode or you can be a paid subscriber. You can contribute, and you know, at some point in the next few months, we will start doing subscriber only. Yes. podcasts uh for people who have been kind enough to uh support us. us yes all right marvelous all right well thanks very much to it and thanks very much. Um, nice to talk to you see yes, you next week. yeah see you next week and congratulations on the baby it's thanks. Okay. <laughs> take care man Bye-bye. bye bye